This episode has been brought to you by Made With Rage. Made With Rage is a black British-owned Etsy store selling Harry Potter and Star Wars face masks, perfect for this current times, swimwear, bags, and loads more. All products have been handmade with love and care, and bespoke requests are welcome. To find out more, click on the link in the description, or visit etsy.com slash madewithrage0. You said you'd come. Lawrence, hope Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 84 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Hi, my name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know by now, and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Rich Kid, aka Rich Reviews, aka Rich the Rich the Magnificent. Does that work? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I can go for that. Yeah, yeah, I can go for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Rich, so what's up, man? What's happening, man? What's going on, people? Uh, good to be back. Uh, welcome, listeners. Yeah, good to have you back with us. Um, for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we are Wulong Talks. That is me, Jason, and him, Rich. What we do here is we talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, gaming, and everything and everything to do with geek and pop culture. So, um, yeah, welcome aboard. Uh, hope you guys have all been staying safe and well. Um, hopefully you've been checking out some of our, our previous episodes, um, including our last episode, which was uh, a brilliant anime episode for beginners with uh, our friend Marquita who was um, fantastic on the episode and we've had a lot of positive feedback about her um, on the show as well which has been great so if you haven't checked that out go and check that episode out um, it's a lot of fun. Um, Rich how you been man what you been up to you been up to anything exciting this week? Um, yeah uh, what have I done this week? Basically um, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast but um. Uh, me and Alvin, who who's been a guest star on this show, on this show before as well, we start like a little side project, in which we do like a, a a fake UFC breakdown of Marvel characters fighting against each other, which is based on this guy's Instagram. There's an artist on Instagram called um Rodrigo.Lorenzo.Art, and what he does is that he gets Marvel characters and he puts them into a weight category and he's created this whole fake UFC um, organization, and we just decided to basically do like um. Like a like a breakdown, you know, like when you see these, um, when you see boxing matches or you see like UFC fights, and they give you breakdowns of the characters and what they possess and what you think and how you think the fight's going to turn out to be. Um, and then after the fight, they'll basically do a breakdown of what happened in the fight and why this person won and why this person lost and what's next. Um, so it's almost like fantasy football if nobody knows what I'm understanding because I'm I know this is UK, so I know everyone loves football apart from me, but I know everyone knows what what fantasy football league is. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that's what I've been doing for the past week. Um, and literally just been, what have I been doing? I've, I've recently gone back to playing Uncharted 4 again. Um, so I was banging that out a bit yesterday. Um, I've completed all of the Uncharted games, which is uh, one of my personal bests for me. Like wh- when I die, when I'm lying on my bed and like, you know, my life flashes before my eyes, 
one of the achievements of my life, let's say alongside my son, will be that I would have completed all of the Uncharted games. So, <laughs> so this nice. is a walk in a park either way. But you know, it just sometimes you just got to remind yourself just how great you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so, man. I suppose so. Cool, cool. How have you been finding the Uncharted games that go through them again? You, you, you know what? Like, you want you want to know something? Uh, give me two seconds. Here comes my boy now. That is very nice. Can you give it a background? Thank you. I'm trying to turn him into a modern day Picasso. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, why not, man? Why not? Make it make some uh, money. Exactly, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta start paying money. some rent. <laughs> daddy, daddy needs shoes, man. No, not him. <laughs> hey, listen, um, let me tell you, I'll tell you about it afterwards. But my okay, god, Quincy right. is going through shoes like no one's business. But yeah, oh, go <laughs> Um, you know what? In, in, fact, in fact, funnily enough, that you actually they actually mentioned that because I was playing, I mean, obviously, like I said, I've been playing Uncharted 4, right? And there's one part of the game where you're riding on a you're riding in a in a like a truck. No, 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 no. That's not even that. You're riding in a truck. You're basically yeah. You're riding on yeah. You're riding in a truck, and then you've got to use the truck to chase down these other trucks to get to the truck that's holding your brother hostage. And what you have to do is that you need to shoot the, the trucks and the bikes that are trying to ram you off the road. Mm. But then at the same time, when your when your truck starts to start taking damage, you need to jump onto a next truck, punch him out throw them off. Indiana Jones stuff. If, if nobody can see what I'm what I'm trying to describe, imagine Indiana Jones, there's always that episode, you know, there's always that scene where he's like fighting on a truck and sliding on these trucks and stuff like that. Mm. And then you get to the truck that your brother's on, it crashes, you end up having to get on a bike and then this armoured um, army truck starts to chase you through the through the streets. But it's one of those like, um, it's not Brazil, but you know how tight Brazil is, like the favelas and stuff like that, right? Mm. So um yeah so you, you you know so you're having to drive through you know through these tight through these tight streets and then your brother's driving and you're on the back and you're trying to shoot out the wheels and everything and the closest thing that I can describe it is if anybody has seen Mission Impossible Fallout there's a bit where Tom Cruise jumps on a bike and is basically driving through or riding through the streets of Paris dodging in and out of car, you know cars and police cars and shooting things and stuff like that. And I just thought to myself, this Uncharted film that's being made of Tom Holland, if it doesn't have anything, anything remotely close to that, they they right now they should not be making it. Mm. I don't want to hear like, yeah, I don't want to hear any of that nonsense of like, oh, we're just gonna do what we can, what we can do for the first film, and then for the second film we're gonna amp it up. No, you can't do that. The thing about the Uncharted games is that from number one to number four, well, to number five, they've always managed to top themselves and to up themselves, and They've they've never cut corners. They've only given you the best. Um, so yeah. So 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 going back to it and playing it, uh, you know, like I said, and it's a game that I've completed before. It still it still catches. I still catch all of those feelings. And I have said before in the past that if I had to choose one gaming franchise, which I think is is, is number one for myself, even though I you know I'm I'm also I've, I'm on record saying that I'm a massive Metal Gear Solid fan or Zone of the Enders or Resident Evil. I think Uncharted is the only franchise that has delivered on every single game, mm. every single game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so that's how I feel about it. it. Just it just reminded me how good it is, and um and if Hollywood ever fails, what they should do is just to get their money and just put it into video games. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I know you love your um, Uncharted. I've I've um I've only ever played I think the second one and the third one. Yeah. Um. So I haven't played the first one. And that I haven't played the fourth one. 
so yeah. yeah the two in the middle i've played the fourth one's always been like kind of on my list to play but i've just never got around to actually doing it um as you know, I've got like a ton of games on my PlayStation already that I haven't even bloody cracked mm. open yet. They're just there <laughs> looking at me. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, I'm definitely going to check out uh, Uncharted 4 because I think it's on sale at the moment on PlayStation Network as well. So mm. uh, I could probably get it for pretty cheap. So, um, yeah, I, I need to play it because I really enjoyed 2 and 3. So, yeah, 4 should be good. So, um, yeah, I'm going to look that look that up, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, for me, not really a lot, to be honest. Um, as I said, it, it's been kind of mad because, like, day jobs just been keeping me busy. So I've barely had any time to, to kind of do anything outside of kind of do daddy stuff, really. Um, I've kind of caught up with Attack on Titan now. Um, it's stressing me out. <laughs> I may have to do a podcast recording with Marky just to talk about it because it's stressing me out. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's 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 a dope season, but yeah, it's just they're they're stressing me. Like there's so many things that I'm like, I feel like I'm not understanding or I'm not getting, and I'm just like, why are you doing this to me? I don't. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so um, yeah, Attack on Titan has been good. Um, and then aside from that, uh, me and the missus watched that Netflix documentary about um, the Night Stalker about Richard Ramirez, the serial killer. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 and it, it was okay, but it, it was a bit, um, it kind of glorifies him a little bit, and I don't like that, like, and it's weird, because I'm somebody who, like, I love my murder porn, in it, like, I, mm. I, I do, um, however morally, you know, bankrupt that is, I, I do love it, but this one, I don't know, it, it felt like it kind of glamorized the killer a bit too much and it's a bit too flashy and nicey-nicey and it kind of forgets about, because it, it's told from the detective's point of view, oh, yeah. um, it's more about kind of their processes and how they, they worked in order to capture him, but which is interesting, but it, it feels like the victims kind of get lost in the mix and it's just kind of like, they're almost like background characters in the film, they're just kind of there. Um, and I think that's a little bit wrong when it comes to real life shit where people are really dead. Like you, yeah. you kind of want to pay respect to the people who who were his victims. Um, but, you know, it is, it, it is uh, for want of a better word, entertaining, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that, that's, um, that, that's something, I guess. But uh, otherwise, yeah, we've not really, I've not really been doing much of, of anything um, this week. As said, work's just been kind of battering me. So I've been looking forward to sitting down with you and, and talking to you. Um, and of course, talking about WandaVision as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because that fifth episode, oy. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. The show's just, it's just getting better and better with every episode. Um, so listeners, we're going to get to some WandaVision chat a bit later. Um, we'll break down uh, what we saw in the episode. We'll, we'll point out some Easter eggs and then we'll shoot out some theories as to where we think things are going and stuff like that. Um, but before we do that, we're going to have um, some random movie news chatter because why not? It's a random movie news <laughs> kind of day. Um, it's been a kind of random movie news kind of week, I guess. So, so yeah, I suppose we'll have a bit of a, a, a natter about kind of all of that stuff and, and what's going on. Um, so yeah, oh, oh no, before I begin with that, actually, I forgot to tell you the Quincy story. Yeah, so he's just oh, going yeah, yeah. through shoes like just no one's business at the moment. Um, so I'm trying to kind of get him these these new shoes. And then um, he's got a pair of uh, like Nike um, Harachi. Okay. 
And um, these were hand-me-downs. They weren't like ones that we bought, like somebody actually gifted them to us. And then they were basically new when, when we got them as well. So we were like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. You can have those. Um, but he's starting to get too big for them now. So, um, you know, the missus was like, oh, maybe we should see if we can try and get him, you know, another pair of these. Because like they're, they're nice and comfortable, they're lightweight, they slip on easily on his foot because um, he, you can't have laces with him because he, he would just pull the laces apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't have laces with anyone that age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't have laces with certain adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let me have a look. Well, I looked on the website for Nike and there was £60 in his size. I was like, are you buzzing? I'm not paying £60 for flipping baby shoes. And then I realized, I was like, listen, this little guy like here, he's eating us out of house and Holton. We're having to spend X amount of money on Pampers every bloody day to, to uh, nappy, to get this boy nappies and, and get him sorted out. Um, and now his trainers are, are going to cost like 60 quid. I was like, I'm not paying that. So <laughs> I'll go and look for some, I'll go online and look for some, some bloody, um, you know, if it was the old days, he would have been getting a pair of high tech. Like, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or some Golas. Like, it, well, even Golas not cheap anymore. Like, Golas yeah, used listen, to be none, cheap. None yeah. of them are cheap. None of them are cheap anymore, man. The dad yeah. trainers, they're all dad trainers, aren't they? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So yeah, basically, just it, it's all a mess trying to buy Quincy shoes at the moment. So we got him some little boots, some little like fake Timberland boots. Um, so he's got some boots there, but I need to get him some trainers. So if anybody's got any trainer recommendations that are, you know, around 20 quid, like drop me a line, man. I'll be pleased to hear it because mm. that'll do for me because I don't want to be spending like 60 quid on, on bloody baby trainers for him to bust them up within six months. So <laughs> Ay, not the one. Anyway, now I've got that rant out of the way. Yeah, let's get into it and, and talk about a few things, man. Um so yeah, as, as said, there's been a little bit of kind of movie news and stuff. Not much that, that's been going on really that would kind of hold our attention massively. Um, we found out uh, yesterday that Christopher Plummer had passed away um, yeah. at the age of 99. Um, was it 99 or 91? I think it was... Wait, did I re- read that wrong? I think it might. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, sorry, I think it is ninety-one. I mean, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not even trying to downplay because ninety-one is some goddamn good innings. Isn't yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, don't, yeah, don't get me wrong at all. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> either way, like the man's done well if he's got to ninety-one. So yeah, yeah. No, I believe you're right though. I think it is ninety-one that uh, he passed that. But um, yeah. So yeah, that that was kind of came out of nowhere. Although at the same time, again. Uh, and you know, I don't mean to sound cold if I say these things, but it's when somebody's that age and they pass away. To me, it's kind of it shouldn't be as heartbreaking unless you're directly related to that person, because mm. ultimately, you know, they've they've lived a long life. If they've made it to the nineties, they've they've lived a bloody long life. So they've obviously seen a lot, you know, and they've obviously been healthy and, and well otherwise up to that point. So you kind of can accept it. I mean, as said, you know, obviously if you're related to somebody who passes away at that age, well, that's different because they're your relative. So, you know, of course you're going to grieve for them. But, um, you know, in his case, I didn't feel it was like sad or, or overly tragic or anything. It, it just, um, you know, it, it kind of is uh, what it is, I suppose, when when you get to that kind of age. But um but yeah, he's somebody who's who's been around, f- obviously, for a very, very, very long time. And um, 
has done you know loads of things i mean one of the the, the things that kind of stands out to me obviously aside from the sound of music is that um you know he was the villain in up he was the voice of the villain and he was yeah. perfect in it you know yeah yeah um also, he was in uh, *Knives Out*, wasn't he, with Chris Evans? Yeah, yeah. And, *Knives and, Out*, and which is a yeah. wicked film. If no one, if anybody hasn't seen that yet. Yeah, I still haven't seen it yet, so I need to oh, man, sit down love and watch it. that. Yeah, yeah. He's an inside man as well. With um, with yes, Spike that's Lee. right. Yeah, yeah, he was an inside man. Wasn't he playing a Nazi in that? I think you. Uh, yeah, 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 I think yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. Wasn't he's he? Yes. Nazi. Yeah. yeah, he was the Nazi banker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's done like loads of stuff. Obviously, he's had a very, very long career and an illustrious career as well. I think he's won a couple of Oscars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, brilliant, brilliant man. Just um, a, a, a real cause, I guess, for celebration rather than mourning. You know, yeah, um, as yeah. film fans, because uh, as said, you know, he's left a, a tremendous legacy there. So, mm. so yeah, that'll be interesting for sure, man, for sure. Um, um. We yeah, also lost. Yeah, we also lost. Um, I mean, this is just coming off the back of um, last week's episode um, where we spoke about Resident Evil. But one of the voice actors um, from Resident Evil passed away from cancer as well. Um, oh yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember her main uh, name. Many of which I feel really. Gonna... But which, are, yeah, no disrespect. Yeah, I can't remember the name either. Like today, we've been today. We're, let's be. I mean, we're just going to be a bit truthful today. Um, um listeners, <laughs> me and Jason are just winging it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much there's no so, notes yeah. here listeners we're yeah, just yeah, kind of there's no <laughs> we're running through this time, team <laughs> yeah but at the same time like there's no 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 amount of disrespect is, is meant to him the actress um, whose name we can't remember but um i mean it's just unfortunate that um you know she's not going to see the the what well, well i mean from what i can gather this new resident evil i think it's going to kickstart kickstart the franchise again and unfortunately mm. she's not going to be around to see um you know the contribution that she's added to that but um but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So there's yeah, that, yeah. and then there was also. Yeah. Um, I found her name, Simon. by the way. I just, I just oh, looked sorry. it up quickly while What's you were um, uh, talking there. Her, her name's Jeanette Mouse. Uh, Jeanette she Mouse. was thirty nine. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, and that is sad because, like, thirty nine. Yeah. That that's no age to die, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, she had colon cancer. Apparently. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, anybody who's lost somebody to to cancer will will tell you cancer is is just a horrible disease um you know and and that's really tragic um so yeah rest in peace to to Jeanette Mouse uh sorry go on Rich yeah and I was gonna say uh, we lost another person this week um was it last week uh in yeah Screech yeah yeah man Screech Prowers crazy yeah (laughs) so yeah the actor Dustin Diamond also uh passed away um as well and he was 44 I think wasn't it yeah yeah yeah, 44 yeah 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 again like no age to die man like not a 44 Mm. not you know it death is one of those things it's an inevitability like life and you know, it, it, it's always going to happen. But, you know, at 44, you you wouldn't be, you know, at a stage at your life where you'd even be considering that that kind of yeah. thing, even if, you know, you you are unwell. But I think he was cancer also, wasn't he? Yeah, it was cancer. Yeah, it basically ended up being lung cancer. And he, he, he believed that it was, um he caught it from staying in like dingy hotels while he was doing like, you know, just traveling the country, doing appearances and things like that over the years. Mm. which um mm. which wouldn't be the first time i think that's how um they think um john wayne caught cancer as well like it was like just from when he was traveling around and just mm. staying in, in particular types of buildings it, you know it, you know caught lung cancer from the asbestos in, in the walls and the ceiling and stuff right yeah, um, yeah, yeah 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 but but yeah. anybody who doesn't know who dustin dustin diamond was i mean like he's 
and just a quick little back history the same way with the, what we did with um with the lady from Resident Evil. Uh, he used to be part of a TV show from the nineties called um uh, Say Butter Bell. Say Butter Bell and Good Morning Miss Bliss. So Good Morning Miss Bliss was the original pilot seasons for that eventually got turned into Say Butter Bell, and he played um the geek in the show called Screech. Oh, okay, um, he, I didn't yeah. know that about the 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 pilot was a different name. You know, well, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't even a it wasn't even like a, a pilot episode. It was it was I think I think one or two seasons of a show called Good Morning Miss Bliss, and it was one of those things where I used to remember the show, and as we you know when I was younger and think that I'd imagined it, um, and then it was only when I did my research. I actually didn't look this up recently. I, I did my research a couple of years ago, and I was just like, oh my god, so it was there. It wasn't LSD. There was a show that had Zach Powers and had like yeah, Zach mm. Powers and Zach Morris and, and Screech in it and everything like that. Um, and it's only when I think back to like Dustin Diamond as the character of Screech, where I was just like, he's probably one of the reasons why the other cool characters in the show were even cooler. And it yeah. is because of him. And there's a reason why they kept on bringing him back for all of the reboots. Um, and the best way to describe it is that a hero is only as good as the villain. And I think, uh, you know, the cool kid is only as cool as the geek, as the geek kid who's being geeky. Um, so, yeah, definitely someone uh, who should be held in high regard in regards to that little pop culture scene. Um, so, yeah, same thing. Rest in peace, uh, Dustin Diamond. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, moving on, uh, there's been a bit of news re- regarding Zack Snyder's Justice League as well. Um, I don't know if you picked this up, Rich, but uh, apparently the, the movie is going to be R-rated um, yeah. when it gets released. Uh, the reason for this apparently is because it features uh, Batman using the F-word uh, mm-hmm. and because there is supposed to be uh, scenes of violence as well. Um, which is rumored to be around Steppenwolf. Um, again, kind of seems like it was inevitable that that was going to come because the the when you watch the unrated cut of Batman v Superman, it, it, it's very kind of close to an R rating. I mean, I think it, it's actually a fifteen rating in in the UK. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, uh, for violence. So I suspect that, yeah, we, we will be getting um, a fair bit of blood and, and things like that in Justice League uh, or in Zack Snyder's Justice League, as, as it should be called. Um, when the four hour cut of the movie releases next month, um, we'll get to see exactly how bloody it is. Uh, I'm just kind of wondering, like, why? Like, why is it that violent? Um, mm. And does it need to be? Um, you know, I... I, I I get the the kind of um, the artistic reasons why Zack Snyder likes to do that, you know, because that that's kind of how he he likes to tell his stories and mm. um, you know and fair dues to him. Um, but I'm just wondering how that's going to fit with these characters that he has within this film, um, you know, and and is it going to come off a bit like a um, like a, 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 a edgy reboot of like something, yeah. you know, you know, there was that period in the early noughties where they kept doing edgy reboots of, mm-hmm. of family friendly, like TV shows and, and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know why it kind of invoked that in my head when, when I read the, the news, but um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, do you think it's um, going to make much of a difference to the movie experience anyway, when, when it comes out? Or? Uh, I mean, I mean, you know what it is? Number one, like, not to sound like a pipe pooper, just just release it. Just release the Zack Snyder cut. I, I actually, I'm actually, 
I've been bored of the rumours and the gossip and the leaks for, for a really, really long time. So, mm. And as a lover of the culture, I, like, you know, we've discussed on this podcast before, like, I hate this whole Marvel versus DC thing. Like, it, it really, really gets on my nerves. I'm, mm. I'm a lover I'm a, and I'm a fan of all things geek culture, right? Um, so, so there's that. So before anybody starts to get on my case about, oh, I'm, I'm a Zack Snyder hater, trust me, I'm, I'm easily one of the biggest Zack Snyder fans out there when he does good work. Um, hence the reason why Sucker Punch is one of my favourite movies, as is 300 and as is Watchmen. Um, but uh, the thing is, it's just like, th- does it need to be? This is the thing. Does mm. it need to be? There's always this narrative of, of you know, this, you know, of the argument of going, oh, Marvel films are for kids and DC are for adults. And it's just like, ju- look, listen, showing somebody getting shot doesn't necessarily make it more adult as opposed to a gun being held at someone and the camera panning away and then hearing the shot being fired. It's all about context. So mm-hmm. if it's just going to be violent, I mean, oh, okay, you know, here's a prime example. There's, there's a film called American History X. And there's this scene where Edward Norton just goes on a rampage. He's, he plays a Nazi. I'm not going to go through the whole backstory of what the film is. But he's having a fight with this guy who tries to rob his house. And he makes the guy bite the curb and he stamps on the guy's head. And I guarantee you, if you ask anybody about that scene, they will always describe the scene as in you see the foot land on the back of the person's head and you see his, and you see his face get, get smushed. Where it actually doesn't. What happens is that it cuts just before and leaves everything else up to the imagination. And that's easily one of my, well, that's easily one of the best cuts that's ever been done in, in, in film for me, right? So this whole thing of like, oh, Batman has to do this and Batman has to do that. And there's this F word and there's that, that F word. If it contributes to the story, then so be it. If it's just there just to be gratuitous, then like I, I, you're wasting my time. Hmm. Like it, it, and once again, like when I'm hearing things of like, you know, these rumors of, this is the reason why this, this is the reason why that. I'm just like, you know, really? It, it's like in Batman versus Superman, there's that bit where Batman swears. I think he says, he uses the S word. Mm. When um, just, just um, when Doomsday is about to fire at him with the beams and Wonder Woman lands in it, lands in her way. And the thing that got to me was just that it felt very out of character, con- considering that nobody has sworn in the movie and the movie, and that movie is about two and a half hours long anyway. So nobody has sworn in the movie anyway. We've never known Batman to be a swearer in the comic books in any which way or form, whether you're reading current Batman or whether you're reading an Elseworlds Batman. And now all of a sudden he decides to use the S word. So for me, it always, I always felt that in that scene, it was just thrown in there just to appease to the, now this is why DC fans are adults and Marvel, Marvel fans are kids. And I don't know. Like I said, is I'm. It, it doesn't bother me as long as it works. Mm. That's that's, that's what I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you you kind of summed it up perfectly and hit the nail on the head there, really, mate. Um, I, I really ain't got much to add to that. <laughs> Other <laughs> suffice to say, um, yeah, you know, we we're, we're all kind of, I think getting to the point where we're a bit tired of the chitter chatter now and we just want to see it so 
um we'll get our chance next month uh so hopefully um once that is out we will have a review of that and and give you our thoughts on it um we haven't also forgotten about wonder woman 84 no, it's no, just we that we've had a lot of other things come up in the meantime and so we haven't been able to kind of really fit the the podcast in but we will be doing so um possibly maybe that's even something to do just before justice league comes out so um that might be a good kind of double pivot that way so uh either way stay tuned we'll we'll let you know when um the wonder woman review is going to come around because as said it is something that that we have uh been wanting to do it's just we've not been able to kind of get the time to, to squeeze it in really um but yeah let's move on from uh, dc and move over to marvel um we have some news from disney plus there is a, a new TV show that's going to be developed by uh, Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther. Um, and the TV show will be for Marvel Studios on Disney Plus, and it will be called Wakanda. Um, this sounds like it's going to be awesome. But basically, it, from what we're getting from the press releases, it sounds like it's going to be a series about the the, the nation of Wakanda and the world of Wakanda and, and the kind of the mythology of Wakanda as well. Um, and you know, it's a, a, a it presents loads of different kinds of opportunities, really. Um, Rich, when we were talking about this offline, you know, you were saying how, um, in terms of Black Panther the movie, you felt like as much as it was a movie about Black Panther the character, it was also a movie about the nation of Wakanda, its you know, mythology, its history, its its politics, and, and things like that, and yeah. how there are loads of kind of potential ideas for, for stories to come out from that. So, do you see kind of this TV show as, as kind of a, a platform for them kind of doing that and exploring more of, of that world and that mythology? Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, even when we did the review for Black Panther. Um, I, as much as 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 much as Chadwick did a, an amazing performance, I still do believe that it was it, like it's it could have easily just been called Wakanda and then have Black Panther in it. it, it you know, it's just because the main character is you know was Black Panther. Um, I mean, the only I mean the only sad thing about this is obviously with with the passing of Chadwick, he's not going to be you know him as an actor is not going to be involved in this somehow, which is obviously going to be one of those things that makes it really really hard. Because this show can be this show can be top notch and be amazing in, in every, any which way you can think of, but in the back of our head, we're always going to want to see like you know King T'Challa pop up at some point. You know what I mean? And mm. and, and, up, and up until like, you know things have been rectified or, or we have some form of like you know, you know conclusion that's given to us by Marvel, that's still easily still going to be like you know in my head anyway when when this show comes up. But in regards to the politics and everything. I'm I'm so here for it. Like you know, I, I think it's one of those things that really hasn't been delved into in regards to the to the MCU, as you know how things work. And um and what I would like to see is coming off this. Um, we know that obviously the Fantastic Four is going to be coming into this, and the Fantastic Four's main villain is Doctor Doom. Um, and then you know another Doctor Doom villain and another Black Panther villain or Wakanda villain is uh, is Namor, who's the king of Atlantis. So I'm I'm wondering if this is gonna you know this is gonna be another side of the MCU that gets opened up in regards to you know nations and kingdoms you know and 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 the, and the political side we've already had and if nobody understands what I mean I mean for example with um the Iron Man franchise we've had the you know the 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 opening of the technological side with Doctor Strange they've had the you know they've used him as the opening to the to the magic side 
of uh, you know of, of the MCU and with Thor they've opened up you know uh, the the god side or the demigods and with guardians they've used that to open the, the cosmic landscape so in regards to so in where they're bringing it back home is this going to be you know like a like you know a political stance or the polit- the political stage for the MCU because mm. if it is I'm I'm really here for it man because they've got unlimited stories they can tell in regards to like which nation is right which nation is wrong the different stages that these nations are in um the technological advancements that they have but at the same time you know they are still just a nation of people being ruled by this person i'm i'm so super excited man like i let's put it this way i'd rather watch this than listen to the world than listen to the real world news right now because at least i know i can escape yeah, believe me <laughs> believe me <laughs> uh what i wanted to ask you as well is do you think um because i know you've you you uh, read a lot of um the recent comic book run by uh Ta-Nehisi Coates um and and what he did with kind of expanding the, the world in, in Marvel comic books um do you think there's a kind of story basis in within that that they'll use in in the Wakanda show um because I know they, there's a, a point where they start to expand into space exploration and and mm. um going to different galaxies and and they even build an, an empire and, and stuff in space so do you think there, there's kind of like things in there that that may be used i i, I really do hope so i really do hope so and i, and I think it would, it would only make sense um even if it doesn't happen at, at straight away just for the simple fact you know like i said that what we've seen of wakanda at this very moment in time in the mcu and if you think about it, the MCU, the MCU, what people seem to forget, the MCU that we're watching right now isn't in 2021. It's what, 2025, 2026? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you look at if you look at the technological advancements that they have, let's say in Black Panther, which is Black Panther, which is two weeks after Civil War, and Civil War was based in what, 2018, 2017? Mm. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two, yeah. 2017, 2018, they're already using things like nanotechnology, whereas like Tony Stark only starts to use nano nanotechnology a couple of years later. So I mean, things like space acceleration and stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, it would it would only make sense. Um, and and obviously when you watch the the Black Panther movie, you know, there's there's also the whole you know, little lines that they drop in where they've got sleeper agents in other countries aside from like America. They've got sleeper agents in China. <laughs> you know, you hear, you hear Killmonger mentioned at one point. Um, and I mean, even when you look at like the, the, the ships that they use to even get around, I mean, it's just like, it, it, it's a no brainer. But um, but to see them, if they do take some of the storylines running to that, that have come from the Tennessee Coates run, um, it would be good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see it happen straight away. I'd like to see like, you know, uh, a bit of a progression towards that um and maybe in that way i'd say like in five years or something like like really try and stretch it out let's put it this way the, the mcu right now is is over 10 years old so i'm i'm only assuming that they're looking at this whole franchise in a really really long game so mm. yeah let, let's let's use this show to really see the world get built upon the way how, you know, for example, like Game of Thrones, you watch Game of Thrones or, you know, from season one to season seven or season eight or the last season, which I call like shit season. Um, but you see the people getting older and you see the, you know, the changes in, in the landscape in regards to the political stances. So, um, and, less, and, as, and as much as a really, really long read that, that the Tennessee Coach run of Black Panther was, when it's read in one long session, 
you do get the sense of he's creating this massive, massive landscape. So mm. yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I would be excited for that. Cool, cool. Sounds good. Um, we've also got a little bit of Blade news as well. I don't know if you heard this. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as we all know, there is a, a Blade um, reboot, I guess you could say, in, in the works starring Mahershala Ali, um, which is potentially due to come out in 2023. Uh, they have been looking at different screenwriters and apparently uh, Marvel Studios have found one. Um, they've hired a writer named Stacey Osaikofor um, mm. she's going to uh, be doing the adaptation for uh, the Blade movie that will be coming forth, uh, forthcoming from Marvel Studios. Um, her credits include working on uh, HBO's Watchmen as a head writer. She also wrote for Hunters. Um, I know you like that show. Um, and another show called uh, Pen15. Um, so she has a bit of experience writing um, TV and uh, adapting kind of um, different uh, novels and, and uh, graphic novels and, and things like that so it looks like she's got kind of the the, the chops there to um to deliver something on, on blade so yeah that's a bit of news there because <laughs> i know there's there's mm. been like nothing really since we found out that mahershala was going to play blade um that that's kind of been it in terms of official news um but yeah yeah i think that sounds interesting so um yeah, we have a writer. So I think the next stage is they're, they're looking for a director now. So um, maybe we'll find out some more uh, in the coming months as to when they are able to secure the director they want and, and move forward with it. But but yes, yeah, exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> I guess the only question is, is it going to be, um, you know, is it going to be R-rated or is it going to be uh, PG-13? Because there was a, a debate on Twitter recently where um, you know people were saying, does it need to be R-rated or, or could you do Blade as, as PG-13? And, and both people were, were kind of arguing the toy costs. Um, I kind of fall down somewhere uh, on the lines that it doesn't have to be uh, R-rated, I don't think, personally. Mm, mm. Um, because although, you know, the movies that came before were R-rated, um, you know, it, it, the movies don't necessarily have to be the basis of, of what you do with the character. Um, yeah. And... Also, you know, there, there's ways kind of around it now. You you don't, you know, you could make the blood black instead of red and, and things like that. So, so you can still, you know, do it without kind of having to to be as bloody and as gory as as the the Blade movies were. Um, and bear in mind that his comic books weren't necessarily like that either. Um, especially if you're talking yeah. about, you know, sort of the early days of of Blade and comic books, they they just weren't that bloody and graphic. Um, there wasn't really a need for them to be that way. So. So yeah, I kind of fall down in, on that side. But um, what, what was your take? Do you think it's something that kind of needs to to happen in order for for Blade to be taken seriously by audiences, or do you think they could pull it off as a, a PG thirteen? I mean, I mean, they, they could pull it off as a PG thirteen. I mean, easily put it off as a PG thirteen. Um, once again, it's just like what I said earlier about the whole Batman um, or the Justice League being rated R. You know, like is is it integ is 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 it integral? for it to be super violent or to see loads of blood in regards to making the Blade film an R? No, there's ways around it. <laughs> like, you know what it is? It's as simple as this. We're making a film about a fictional character who's fighting against a fictional type of people. You can make it work. The same way how you make me believe that a man can get into a tin can and fly in the sky is the same way how you can make a film with vampires and work it in a way in which like it doesn't have to be 
super, super, you know, bloody if need be so much. So my kid can't see it. It can work. They've done, they've done it on TV with Buffy. They've done, I mean, Angel was, uh, was rated 15. Once again, it's, it's just how you portray it. It's a fine, it's, it's, it's easily going to be a fine line. And, I'm, and I swear to God, in the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s, when Blade comes into it and he fights against Morbius, um, when he fights against Morbius and Dracula, isn't there a thing where he doesn't even bite the next? Doesn't Morbius have to touch your face? And that's how he gets the plasma out from you. Yeah, Ron, on because I've I, I have been um, watching the old uh, Spider-Man animated show from from the nineties, um, yeah. and when Morbius is introduced in that, he's got like these little suckers on his hands. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So he, he never actually bites anybody; he just touches them, and then like they they kind of glow yellow a bit, and then that's yeah, how yeah. he drinks their blood. So, so yeah, yeah, it's um. <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of weird because you're kind of like what, but then that that TV show was so weird anyway because also the Punisher's in it, and the Punisher mm. never kills anyone. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, he, he always misses. Yeah, he always misses. misses. <laughs> and he has like lasers instead of proper guns, and he has like this kind and loads of these like kind of um, like these these kind of um, <clears throat> net guns and stuff. So he shoots like yeah. net guns at people and catches them in nets and makes up that. And then the TV show, you know, kind of goes on, oh, the Punisher, he's so extreme, you know, and Spider-Man's always musing <laughs> about how this guy can't agree with his methods, man. He's he's too dark, he's too dark. And it's like, what's he done? He just shot a net around somebody in court and that's it. Like, he hasn't done anything else. So, uh, yeah, that, that's funny. But, um, yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it, it depends, I suppose, on um, how they want to go and, and how they want to play it and stuff. But, um, yeah, I guess we will see, listeners. So we'll, we'll stay abreast of um, any news uh, coming up on uh, Blade and any of the other topics that, that we've discussed today. Um, Rich, do you want to add anything else before we get into One Division? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I said it's been kind of a quiet news day, listeners. Um, we haven't really reacted to the King Kong Godzilla trailer because um, I know Rich, you're you're not necessarily that massive a fan of it. So, um, well, well I'm, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of Kong and Godzilla. I just have, but to be fair, I haven't seen any of the new ones. I've only seen Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. which I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm I'm kind of basing it on this. Listen, if these two fight and I don't see Godzilla do the Muhammad Ali shuffle, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here for it. And anybody and anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, go and Google, yeah, Godzilla doing the Muhammad, the Muhammad Ali shuffle and then, and then come and then come back to us, yeah. <laughs> oh man, my God, I love those Godzilla movies so much, man. They're so ridiculous. <laughs> All right, well, um, let's get into it, man. Let's get into One Division. So, we uh, have previously been looking at the um, other episodes in the series and, and kind of breaking them down, listeners, and, and giving our thoughts as to kind of where we think the story is going and, and you know what kind of things are, are coming around the corner and what the Easter eggs are and um, the episodes, the bits that we liked to the episode, all of that. So, we're going to do the same here for episode five, which is a really really important episode um in the context of the story so far so um yeah it, it's been crazy uh, if you haven't seen episode five yet by the way um switch off yeah turn off now man <laughs> because we're, we're going full spoilers full spoilers ahead so um yeah it's probably wise to watch it first before you listen to uh, us break it down um but rich episode five man jeez <laughs> like add to Ooh. that bro <laughs> i mean like like wow wow like you, you know what like 
there's, I mean, once again, I'm going to bring up the whole Marvel versus DC thing. Right? This is how I know that Marvel are doing well. As in, people that are DC fans, they're quiet. They're either quiet or they're actually watching One Division going like, okay, yeah, um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, you know, like this is, once again, it's not about, you know, one company being better than another company or, you know, one fanboy being more important than another fanboy. It's about the culture in itself and it's about giving the best. And One Division right now, for me, like for me, like it's, it is, it's just a, it's a good show. It, it, once again, like a lot of the other films that have come in the franchise, um, when you look at them from, you know, when you look at them at a, a, a deeper level, they all tick a particular box in regards to a particular genre that they might be drawing from. Yeah. So right now I'm watching Wonder Vision and this is, this is some David Lynch shit. This is <laughs> for stuff. real. Yeah, you, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so, and, and, and it's, it's just, it's just such a, like, it's such a good show. Like I'm, I'm watching it. And I'm sitting down trying to figure stuff out. And I'm going to ask one question. Has there been any form of action in, in, the, in the space of five episodes? Mm, no, no, there, there hasn't. There no. isn't. There no. isn't. Like, you know, you know that's, that's one of the things that we do kind of, you, you do kind of wait to see happen in, you know, in a, in a, in a comic book movie or a comic book TV show that are when these bad guys are going to, you know, the bad guys and the good guys are going to fight. I mean, technically we know that it's going to happen at some point just because of, you know, because of comics. But it's five episodes, and all it's done is basically made everybody sit down and try and work out what's going on. But not in a bad way, we're trying to make fun of it. Like, we're literally trying to say, like, oh, like, this is so well written. I need to try and figure it out. I need to look for this clue. I need to look for that clue. Mm-hmm. One Division is a good, so far, it's a good effing show. Just yeah. that's, all, that's all I can add to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you made an excellent point about the lack of action. Like, that's the thing. The story has been so riveting that you've kind of only just noticed after five episodes. Oh, wait, we haven't really had like a big action set piece or Mm. anything yet. Like, we really haven't. Um, And and as you said, we know it's coming because it's Marvel Studios and because it's a comic book, you know, TV show. So, you know, there there will be. But, you know, we've not seen anything like that at all. And yet you're still hooked, absolutely hooked in it because of the the unique kind of premise and and the the amount of mystery and layers and and everything that's going on with this show man so yeah it's been crazy but um yeah episode five is for me I, I i just i loved it man i loved it i mean i love that we were back in sitcom world um we should probably point out obviously that um you know this episode is kind of sort of centered around the 80s and i guess the very early 90s would you say um, in um, terms of influence yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I, well the thing is it's weird for me because when i look at tv shows there's always that little crossover. So stuff that happens, I, I, I know it's, it's going to sound like some crazy logic, but like shows and certain films that happened in 89, like, so like, like 88, 89, especially 89, it always felt that it, they were just ahead of the game and they hmm. felt like the 90s anyway. So for example, like if you listen to like Michael Jackson's Off The Wall album and you listen to the, to, um, to the, thriller, to the thriller album, Wanna Be Starting Something is the type of song that is a nice little go between between the 70s and the 80s. And I always felt that is a song that could have been on the Off the Wall album and added to that whole little funky disco beat. So mm. yeah, so yeah, it is it is kind of like the 80s, you know, just before certain things you know happen and you know they switch over into the 90s. But yeah, no, you're completely right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the the kind of um the introduction for the credits as well, which yeah, was very yeah. kind of like. Roseanne and 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 um, 
family ties family ties yeah that's it yeah. sorry that's the one i was thinking of yeah it's very much kind of family ties inspired isn't it um mm. and we get to see little baby vision as well <laughs> which i thought was, <laughs> was hilarious <laughs> yeah that actually was hilarious the little tiny baby vision um but yeah, you know, we, it starts off with, um, you know, Vision and, and Wanda trying to adjust to kind of life, um, I guess, family life now that they've got the two twins and, um, you know, the twins are, are making a load of noise and they can't get them to sleep and stuff. And it's all very kind of typical, I said, kind of typical late 80s, early 90s sitcom kind of vibe um, to the humour and stuff, which I enjoyed. Um, and then we get... Uh, the introduction of Agnes, uh, the neighbour, um, and something very interesting happens in a conversation between Wanda and Agnes. Um, what did you make of, of how they played out that little scene there between the three of them, her and uh, Wanda and Vision? Um, you know, what, what did you make of, of the way that was going on? Did that give you more... Because let me just come out and say, it gives me more kind of suspicion yeah. that that you know, as we talked about in, in the earlier episodes, um, that, that Agnes clearly is aware of what's going on, um, is very yeah, much aware yeah. of it and seems to understand the rules within this environment. Um, yeah. And we'll get to the, the rules in a bit. But but yeah, she clearly knows more than, than she lets on. Um, so, you know, how did you think that, that scene kind of played out overall? I mean, I mean... I mean, anybody that's watched that scene. I mean, I haven't heard, I haven't spoke, I haven't heard anybody say that. Oh, I, I was a caught off guard. Like literally, you're watching it and you just go, "What? Wait, wait a minute!" <laughs> like, like mm. it's one of those things where you sit down and you just like you look left to right and just like, did anybody else just just see that as well? Yeah, um, yeah. But but the thing, but the thing that I loved about it is that this isn't the first time that something like that has happened in in this show. Mm. Like you know, like I, I, I'm not sure if it's happening every single episode, but every there's at least a few episodes where there's just that little twist or the little bend in reality that makes you go, okay, that's a bit odd. Um, and this one, where this one has done so subtle until it was in your face, it just is that whole thing of it reminding you that everything is not as it seems. I mean, like this is when compared to when Wanda actually rewinds history to get rid of the beekeeper that comes out of the drain, which is like, which was like so in your face. Whereas that like, this one, it reminds you that whole thing of like, you know, you know, you're waiting for them to say at the beginning of the show, oh, um, today's episode is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And like, we are the audience. So as much as we're watching this show, we generally are in this particular instance, the audience alongside Sh um, Sword, who's out in the, you know, quotation marks, the real world, watching this thing. But um, yeah, it just, it, I just love it. I, I love the fact that it just messes my, with my perception of reality. <laughs> <laughs> which is very fitting given um wanda's powers and, and what she yeah, can do yeah. um so yeah i mean it was it was a, a a little crafty reminder that um all is not as it seems within this world and uh you know as the episode kind of unfolds we understand that wanda um is not necessarily in full control of everything that's happening um you know, we learn later on as, as the episode goes along, um, when Vision is at work, he intercepts this uh, communique that uh, has apparently been sent through the fledgling internet that explains that, um, you know, uh, Kat Denning's character, uh, Darcy, has been sending these communiques saying, you know, they're at this event and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and there's that scene where everybody is reading the, the 
email at the same time and it's like it's super kind of super david lynch <laughs> like yeah, it's just yeah, so yeah, creepy because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, because it's almost like they're chanting it like a mantra vision yeah um and and his kind of world is is kind of slowly like crumbling because he's like wait th- this is not this is not right and then we get that brilliant scene with him and norm where he you know kind of is able to suppress whatever hex is over norm and and you get um the real person come out i think his name is Bav- bavine i think is, is his real name in I, I, can't, I can't remember his name to be honest. Yeah, I think his real name is is Bavin, and, and he's one of the citizens who who lives in the town of Eastview, and and he's just super panicked, and he's like, "My God, like, what is going on? You know, I'm in pain. This hurts. I haven't spoken to my sister. I need to speak to my sister." And and you know, he, he's kind of freaking out, um, and then Vision kind of, you know, um, releases him from the um, from the uh, suppression that he placed on 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 the spell and. Um, that scene was just to me was just so distressing man because this show has yeah. been like and this is what I've I've loved about this show because there's other stuff as well that that we'll, we'll pick on um, but this is what I've loved about this show on the one hand it, it is funny and, and it's comedy and it plays its comedy elements well but there's always been this distressing undercurrent underneath it all yeah. and this episode was the first one where you really got to see like the human cost of what is, is going on in this town and, and how much it's it's hurting its citizens you know mm, mm. um and then it kind of gives you the it, it kind of gives more context to what happened in the first episode with vision's boss and and how he was kind of losing it and banging the table and and, and saying why not why not why not and, and and you know his wife was kind of losing it as well it, it kind of shows you that the the shroud does slip every so often mm, um mm. And basically, you know, we we learn from the episode that from Sword's point of view, um, Wanda is effectively, you know, controlling this entire town and, and controlling its citizens. Now, later on in the episode, she claims that's not the case, that she can't control everybody. But, um, you know, it, it seems clear that there's a lot of people who are, are, are in this town and are going through this situation. And it explains kind of what happens to um to herb as well and and uh agnes when they're having the conversation in i think it's episode three when herb is cutting the the um the wall instead of the the bushes so all of it is kind of starting to to piece together a little bit now and you're starting to get kind of more of a, a picture of what's going on um but yeah i mean we we then get kind of the the episode or or the segment where the the kids have the dog um you know they find this pet dog and they want to keep the pet dog and um they end up naming the dog sparky which i thought was really funny um mm-hmm. because it's a, a nice kind of callback to the the vision um series by tom king because i think that's yeah. the name of the dog in in that yeah. series from what i remember um and then you know the dog uh, has goes missing and then dies, and it prompts Wanda to have this conversation with the kids about how you can't kind of cheat death and you can't um, you know there's certain things in life that you have to experience in in order to grow as a person. And then the kids are like, "But mummy, you can bring him back. Bring him back. Like you know, you can bring people back." And Agnes is like, you can do that, you know, on the background, mm-hmm. almost like, yeah, really? Can I get a confirmation that you can do that, please? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, was was kind of cool to me as well, because it it shows you, A, how much, um, you know, wonder is is grieving. And, and we'll get to another scene that I've missed as well. But um, it, it shows you how much she's grieving and how much she's aware that she can't 
manipulate everything you know she can't change everything there's certain things that are just outside of her control as, as powerful as she's become but um Richard how did you find like kind of the the episode as a whole in terms of an explanation for where um wonder is at both at a power level in terms of how much her power has grown but also where she's at emotionally as well because there's also another scene that explains kind of how vision ends up in in this world as well so um yeah what was kind of your thoughts on on that well i mean uh, i mean there's there's a well the thing is that this this episode just had so many scenes that were so good that just contribute to them uh, to, to, to the to the well, to the stories so far that we know but um the one thing that did stand out to me was the was the mention of like well she's overly powerful and you know there's one bit where they're talking in the real world um and they're just like what do you mean overly powerful she was overly powerful before like to be fair she could have taken on Thanos that day if XYZ hadn't happened. She mm. was just that whole callback to be like, you know what, it's, it's, it's not even a joke. Like, you know, when, he, and, it, and it takes you back to that scene in, um, in Endgame uh, and, and in Infinity War where like Wanda is technically the only person who has kind of gone toe to toe with Thanos. And whenever he has beat her, he's had to use like little sneaky tactics to, to mm. like run away. Like he's either had to use like a time stone or he's had to, you know, call his own people to come and shoot stuff down because you know to treat you know to try and shake it up a bit so I do like that little callback to just you know just to kind of put out there that as the MCU itself is going along people are getting more and more powerful mm. and, you know there was that whole mention of like and and then, and in that same breath where they do talk about the power that Wanda has they also do talk about Captain Marvel being another powerful Avenger so it kind of harkens to what Kevin Feige has been saying over the past few years, where it's like power scales are going to start being increased. And then you then go and look at, um, and what, what's, what's ironic about this is because when you watch Civil War, the bit where they're sitting around the table and talking about the Sokovia Accords, and um, Vision gives this speech about basically the reason why he believes in the Sokovia Accords is because as things evolve, nothing ever devolves things only get better or bigger or faster or stronger but at the same time things get more dangerous so mm. you know and then once again that then goes back down to say like the end of the very first iron man movie where to, um you know nick fury comes to tony stark's place and he's like listen you, you've opened up the can of worms like you think you're the most important person in this you think you're the most powerful person here there are people there are things that you don't even know about so i like this whole I like this whole thing where it's like they just build the building blocks have been set into place for such a long time mm. um, and it's just making my mind just go yeah but, um, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but yeah no, doubt, no, no I'm slightly lost what was the, what was the, what was the question again <laughs> <laughs> well it was more just kind of about um, well you've already covered the, the explanation about um, Wonder's power scale and, and kind of you know how the episode deals with that but um but yeah, I was thinking more about her emotional state as well, because remember, we get that scene where um, uh, Saw tried to fly a drone into the, the town um, to try and communicate oh, yeah, yeah. with her, or Captain Rambo thinks the, the, the aim is to communicate with her, whereas Director Haywood, mm. who is someone we'll chat about in a minute, um, obviously has his own agenda and is just trying to destroy her. Um, and then she comes out with the bubble with the the um, the drone in her hand and just kind of dashes it like, like a toy at them and is like, I think this is yours. Mm. And then they have that kind of conversation uh, about, um, you know, what Wanda is doing and, and, and kind of why and, and things like that. Um, with that, you know, did you think that that was, um, how can I put it? 
do you think that was a, a clear explanation and a true explanation of Wanda's motivations and what is happening with her? Or do you think, like I kind of have started to suspect a little bit, that she's not entirely control of everything that's happening and that um, perhaps there is something else or someone else with an agenda who's helping to manipulate things a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I, I do get that feeling. I do get the feeling that somebody else is, I wouldn't say manipulating 100% wholly, but if the rumor is to be true that the villain is going to be Mephisto, you know, Mephisto is, you know, he's he, he's a bargainer. So he, he always offers that one thing that you want the most um, in exchange for something else. So as much as she seems that she's like, look, this is my thing, don't take it away from me. At the same time, like you can see that, like she, Wanda's not, Wanda's not a villain. You know, per se, as far as we know, unless they, mm, unless mm. they're going to flip it on its head. So it looks, it just looks like she's just protecting something, which she's already had to sacrifice something for. That's what she's doing. She's mm. protecting. She's protecting her kids. She's protecting the vision. These are things that she shouldn't be able to do. But somebody maybe has given her the ability or the possibility, the possibility to do it. So mm. she's not doing a bad thing. Um, so yeah, like yeah, I, I, you know, you do kind of feel it for her when she does come out and she does, you know, and she's got that kind of like mean streak but it's like she's protecting her family man you know that you know it, it, it is what it is but mm. um there was a i did see on social media where somebody did point out that that bit where she does come out from the the, the bubble it does it does look um it's reminiscent of a uh, magneto whenever magneto makes an entrance in any of the x-men movies mm. you know that whole kind of like you know coming out quite quite, quite regal because remember when she comes out the bubble She's not wearing any. She's not wearing any of her seventies clothes or eighties clothes. She comes out in her Scarlet Witch outfit. Mm, mm. Whereas, like when um, when uh, uh, when Monica Rambeau gets kicked out from the bubble, she comes out in her an outfit that she was wearing inside the TV show. Mm. So I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if that's a clue in, in regards to anything. But that's just something that, that I just picked up when I'm just saying it out loud now. Mm. Well, I think what they explained in in this episode is that um, anything that kind of that Wanda can manifest within that bubble is real. So it becomes a yeah. real thing. So yeah. if she, um, you know, the, there's the conversation that they have uh, in the field where, you know, Monica says, so, you know, you know, I'm a good person. You pulled me into this world. You allowed me to enter it and you allowed me to enter it for a reason. You know, you allowed yeah. me to, you, you allowed me to help you birth your children. So you know that I'm, I'm not against you in this um, yeah. and that we're not here to hurt you or that I'm not here to hurt you. Um, and, you know, it, it seems like, as said, anything that kind of exists within the bubble um, can exist outside in the real world because Wonder has manifested it. So it's real because yeah. they explained yeah. that, you know, like when uh, Captain Rambo is having a conversation with Darcy and with Jimmy Woo, they're, they're kind of saying, you know, the kids are real because she yeah. manifested them in that world. So they're real. So even yeah. if they step outside the bubble, they're still real. Yeah. Um, which then leaves the question of, of vision and what's going on with him, because mm. we saw earlier that, um, you know, the uh, footage that shows that Wanda broke into the facility of, of Sword and, and took his body. Um, Sword uh, were obviously doing God knows what, and that opens up a whole another can of worms as well, because it's mm -hmm. like it looked like they were dis dissecting him almost. Yeah, um, and yeah. doing you know various things with his body so who knows what sword we're trying to do probably trying to create some kind of sentient weapon um but you know that that begs the question well how is you know is vision 
because Vision has been brought into that world, um, into Wanda's bubble, he now exists there. But does that mean that he will also exist outside of the bubble as well? Just as, you know, Wanda's children, in theory, should exist outside of the bubble as well as in the bubble. So, um, yeah, it just leaves you with like a whole bunch of questions. Like, as you said, there's so many scenes where you're just like, yeah, that explains certain things, but it's not explained this thing yet. So we're still kind of going around um, trying to work out, you know, what is going on with that as well. But going back to, um, you know, the the point that you raised about Captain Marvel and and, uh, Monica Rambeau and, and how Captain Marvel was brought up. Did you notice how Captain Rambeau kind of, blanched a little bit when the conversation switched to Captain Marvel and then um, was like, we're not here to talk about Captain Marvel and then moved on yeah. from, from something else. Yeah, 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 I did, I did notice that. I, I mean, I, what I got from that was basically that they don't have a good relationship. And I'm only assuming is that it's going to be something along the lines of when, um, when Monica's mother was passing away from cancer and stuff like that, that maybe Captain Marvel wasn't really a- around because mm, you know, you know, mm-hmm. they, they were meant to be family. Yeah. As far as we know, she she you know she when she comes back at the end of um, Infinity, at, well at the beginning of at the begin at the end of Infinity War, but at the at the beginning of Endgame, she hasn't been around for X amount of years. So obviously, sword has been built up and 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 such. So maybe it's just more of like a, as a personal thing in regards to like, listen, we were family and you weren't around. So, I mean, th- that's what I got from that. That's how I'm, I'm looking at it anyway. But yeah, mm, but I, I definitely mm. did notice that she did kind of br- brush off and Jimmy Woo and um, and Darcy actually look at each other mm, uh, to be like, mm. oh, okay. Yeah, so like, what's going on there? Upset. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I read that as well. I, I suspect that, um, you know, from a story point of view, I, I guess, um, you know, Monica is still hurting because, you know, her mother has died of cancer and, um from what we know, uh, Captain Marvel is kind of the only other family that, that Monica has, uh, yeah. aside from her mother. So, um, you know, if she was going through that and Captain Marvel, as we know, wasn't around because she was, you know, out protecting other galaxies and, and other universes, then, yeah. you know, maybe she feels a, a type of way about it. And it's like, look, you know, my mom was passing and I couldn't reach you to, yeah. to say, like, you know, you need to come because she's got cancer. She's not well. Well, well, so, not, um, not, not, well, not even just that. Like, if you think about it, remember, like, I couldn't reach you and you weren't able to come. But there's that brief period where Monica hasn't been around mm, anyway. You know mm. what I mean? So, that, so, I mean, that's even a bit of a kicker. So, it's like, I was around and my mum was suffering from cancer and you weren't around. And then when I wasn't around and my mum was suffering from cancer, you weren't around twice. Mm, you know what mm. I mean? So, so like, there's that double whammy, um, like, you know, in, in regards to you know, being quite bitter in regards to things, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, and yeah, and then we we kind of uh, transition from there and, and from Wanda kind of, um, you know, reminding S.W.O.R.D. that basically <laughs> you can't do nothing to me. This is my world, leave me alone, <laughs> um, which was a great scene. Um, we go from there to a said vision kind of experiencing um, more doubt about what's going on around him. And, you know, he's dismayed by the way that Wanda is kind of freely using her powers in, in front of Agnes. And, um, you know, Agnes seems to be aware that, that Wanda has powers and he's confused by all of that. Um, and then we have that great scene, um, you know, during the end credits where they end up arguing because he is saying, you know, I, I know you're doing something here. 
um, but you're not telling me what is going on. Like, why are there all these, um, you know, I talked to Norm and he's in pain. Like, what are you doing? Um, which leads to this argument that happens over the end credits, which is it's just crazy because in mm. sitcom world, you don't get that. You know, you, you would never get two characters arguing at the yeah. end of, a, of an episode. It would always, you know, wrap up neatly. And I love that. That was a nice little touch. It was a bit like... Um, it was a bit like Wanda was trying to say, yeah, look, I'm done with this conversation. The episode's over, like go home, everybody. And, and the credits mm. are up. Um, mm. But Vision obviously is like, no, he's not having that. Like we, we've not finished, you know? Um, and then they transition to the living room and he reveals that he can't remember anything outside of, of Westview, um, yeah. which was kind of interesting. And she's like, you know, don't you, you know, you're my husband, you're the father to our kids. Isn't that enough? Like, isn't that enough for you kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and then we get the conversation where they they sit down on the sofa and, and Wanda reveals that she can't control everything in the town, that basically she can't, you know, make all of these people fulfill their daily appointments and their daily things, um, which gives more credence to the idea that has said that this wasn't entirely her own construction. Um, mm -hmm. She kind of seems to hint that it's it's almost like she kind of found Westview as, as, as where it was, um, which again, kind of then led me to thinking okay so did somebody set a trap for wonder then is is there yeah you know is there a, a, an entity or a force that was aware of of kind of wonder's situation set a trap for her and said yeah come come exist in this world where you could make it anything you want it to be so she went in there and, and did you know what what she did um without realizing that there may be consequences to come for that um which kind of feeds into your idea and, and, and the thing we've discussed, which is that, you know, there, there is another force like a Mephisto out there um, within the world who, who has some kind of ulterior motive and some reason for wanting um, Wanda to be there and to have her family there um, for, for what I said, we don't know, but um, you know, that, that was kind of, kind of crazy to, to, to learn that it wasn't just her who was there in the town. So um who do you think is is kind of manipulating things through the shadows? Because I suspect it's someone or something through Agnes um, mm. who's doing it. Um, I mean, that, that's a good shot. So I think somebody is using Agnes as their kind of proxy or their liaison to, to kind yeah. of deal with, with her. And, and possibly it could be Ralph, who we hear about again. Um, you yeah. know, we again we get loads of Ralph anecdotes, but we don't really see Ralph or, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, or there could be, you know, the one of the things that, that you raised on the previous episode, it could be Dottie and her uh, her husband. Um, yeah. because you know, remember in episode two, I think it is, where Agnes says, you know, Dottie's a very important person in the town, and like nothing really happens without Dottie. So mm -hmm. she may play some part in this as well that, that we may not um be aware of and, and, and things like that. So so yeah, there there could be all kinds of craziness going on. But yeah, what do you think, man? Well, you know what? You've literally just sparked something in my head. Just give me two seconds while I just look something up. Um, but while but while I'm looking it up. Um, you know, what's the ah, oh, god damn it, there was something that actually popped into my head. No, it's the whole bit where you see them arguing um, at the end and the credits are rolling. And, and you know, you made the really good um, observation. Well, I mean, it's not an observation, it's, it's kind of known, but you just pointed out, um, rightly so, about how in sitcom world, basically everything always gets wrapped up neatly and then credits roll. And then, you know, that's how, that's how exit out of 
that little fantasy reality for you know that we've experienced for the, for half an hour until the next episode comes apart you know comes wrote comes again you know the following week mm. um but there is one show that i know that basically did used to break the fourth wall quite a bit and it did remind me again of the whole scene you spoke about when um when agnes is basically saying oh should i run it again do you remember the show the gary the gary shandling show oh yeah yeah of course yeah 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 totally, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and uh, yeah and basically but basically that's the only show i know that used to break the fourth wall as in regards that, you know, yeah. it was a sitcom that was that, you know, that was filmed in front of a live TV audience. But then what would happen is that it would then break the fourth wall. And then the actors who are playing these characters would go for a break. Mm. And then mm. people from from the audience would then come into, you know, come onto the set and take stuff from the fridge and stuff like that. So but once again, it's just I think maybe that's just like a little inkling of how things are being set up. Um, mm. But then at the same time, if that's where that, that you know, that reference or that, that reference is from. I think it's, it's just another beautiful homage to like, you know, sitcom TV from a particular time period that we don't necessarily see anymore, if, if you know what I mean. Mm, but um, mm. but then in saying that, um, what was I saying? Uh, so the rumour is that Dottie is meant to be Clear. That's what, mm. that's what some people think, that's what, what some people are saying. But isn't Clear's other, um, isn't Clear's brother, Dormammu or is she is she related in some way to Dormammu she uh, is yeah yeah exactly so yeah, yeah so so I'm just thinking to myself that if Dottie is basically clear and then we know that Doctor Strange is meant to be coming into you know in, into this show and that's then going to lead into his sequel which is the multitude of the multitude of uh, the multiverse of madness and he's already fought against Dormammu maybe Clear's um, maybe Dottie's husband is is or, or Dottie's other half is um is what's called is Dormammu in some form of, some form of manifestation and that would then link to my theory of how he was the only other person aside from this episode in I think it was episode two or episode three where he breaks the fourth wall and when everybody is being shocked in regards to the the power outage he he just literally takes it in a stride and makes a joke about it but then looks mm. at the camera screen so I don't know. That's 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 me just brainstorming and putting it out there on radio, which is then gonna go on to the internet. So if I am right, we can go back to this day and say like, yeah, I, I thought of it then. But <laughs> 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 yeah, cool, cool. All right, um, let's wrap this up because uh, we're running out of time a little bit. But um, the Obviously, we got the big reveal at the end of this episode, which was um, the arrival of Pietro uh, at the end of the episode, but not quite the Pietro that maybe everybody was expecting because instead we got Evan Peters as Quicksilver. Um, I've got to give a shout out to M as well from uh, Verbal Diorama because it was M who, who first suggested when we recorded our very first WandaVision breakdown that Evan Peters would turn up as Quicksilver. Um, and that is what he appears to be for now. Um, it may not necessarily turn out to be that he is Quicksilver, but certainly that's what we are presented to understand him to be um, at the end of this episode. And, um, you know, he, he kind of, I like the, the way that they, it plays out because Darcy says what well, she recast like uh, Quicksilver. And mm, um, mm. so, because recasting is something that happens all the time in TV shows, you know, um, I think of like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and when Aunt Viv is suddenly just replaced by another Aunt Viv and everybody's like, what? But the, yeah. the show just kind of carries on like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's Aunt Viv, isn't it? Um, mm. 
you know, so it, it kind of harkens back to to that type of thing that happens in sitcoms. Um, there's so many theories I could go into, and I said we're we're running out of time, so I'm not going to go into like the theories for now. I'll wait until mm. we see episode six, and then I'll save them for then. Um, but did you see that coming at all? Him, well, to use Quicksilver's favorite phrase, did you see that coming? You did not see <laughs> that coming. Um, yeah. But yeah, did you see kind of that the the episode ending with uh, Quicksilver and X Men Quicksilver from the Fox universe arriving? I didn't. I, I uh, well, first things first. In regards to the recasting, um, where you where you did make a really good point of like how you said you got Roseanne vibes from you know from you know from this episode in regards to like the eighties eighties nineties sitcom, but that was one of the biggest things that happened in Roseanne because I don't know if you remember. Well, I'm sure you do remember, but Roseanne at one point was like the biggest sitcom on TV for a, for a, a major point of time. I'm talking like three, four, five years. Um, but one of the characters got recast. I don't know if you remember the blonde daughter called Becky. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she got recast. Yeah, um, I remember. And, and then actually, and then actually, be, ended up being played by another actress. The actress who went on to go star in Scrubs. But there's a, there was almost like um, in that series there was a crossover in which they do end up meeting each other. And I think the original daughter actually gets recast in it at some point. But I need, I'll need to go back and have a look. But um, in regards to Pietro returning at the end. You know what it was? I thought that in some crazy weird way that when the boys kept on aging up, I thought one of the boys was going to age into, into, into Pietro. Mm. That's what I thought. That's what I thought was going to happen. Um, so I always did have the feeling that he was going to turn up in the episode. Um, I was shocked when it was him at the end. Um, and I like the fact, the way how I don't think that Evan Peters, when it was the shot from the back, that wasn't Evan Peters. That was basically someone, I think, specifically made to look like Aaron Taylor Johnson. And then when they showed it from the front, obviously it was Evan Peters because mm, the, head, mm, mm, the head shape was the head different. The head was different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was different, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, right. yeah, yeah that, that, that did throw me off. But um, it's not something that I wasn't expecting. But like we said, the way how this show is written, like even when you're expecting it, it's, it's still going to give you a stab around the face. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So yeah, I, I I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, I I knew that he was in the cast, and obviously M had put it out there that she thinks he was um, going to be playing Quicksilver. I wasn't sure hundred percent because I was like, mm, I don't know if they're going to try and do that. But it seems like um, it, it is Quicksilver that he is uh, presenting as for now, as said, because I have other theories surrounding that. But um, mm. yeah, we've we've not really got time to go into that um so yeah before we end let's uh finish on one little easter egg i'm gonna ask you a little easter egg question um and then maybe you can give me one uh, and then we'll wrap up on that so um my question to you rich who do you think captain rambo was texting who do i think she was texting Mm-hmm. Remember the scene where oh, yeah, uh, yeah, her, yeah, Darcy yeah, and Jimmy yeah. Woo are together and she's yeah. trying to figure out a way to get back into the bubble and she says, you know, I'll need certain uh, things in order to do it. And then she says she knows this this brilliant engineer. Um, so she's going to text somebody. So, yeah, my question is, who do you think she text? Wow, you know what? I didn't, I didn't even clock that. I, I was more focused on the whole thing about how her costume was bulletproof. And um, and I was and I was kind of thinking to myself that this the, the costume that she that she comes out from the bubble with is basically what's going to be either her manifestation or what's going to give her the powers to become Captain Marvel or Photon or Spectrum, depending you know 
what you know of the character of, of Monica Rambeau. But in regards to them, yeah, and that should have been my question to you. But um, <laughs> in regards to what she was texting, <laughs> um, I hadn't even crossed my mind, man. Like, I mean, I don't have a question for you, so you can answer your own question if you, if you have a rough idea of who it may be. Um, I've got two options. I think okay. the, the, the most popular one that's going around the internet and the one that first kind of popped into my head is Reed Richards. Um, okay. So people are, are kind of speculating maybe it's Reed Richards because they do seem to be kind of seeding the Fantastic Four in this show, as said, mm. with kind of with the, you know, the astronauts that they lost in space that were kind of mentioned in passing in episode two, I think it was, no, episode three it yeah. was, um, yeah, where they got mentioned. Um, so, you know, it kind of gives the, the sense that the Fantastic Four are already there. Um, so maybe it's Reed that she's texting or... Um, it could be that she's texting Ironheart um, because Ironheart also has a Disney Plus TV show coming. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she, she says, you know, I, I'm going to, I know this brilliant engineer, let me text him. Or she doesn't say, let me text him. She says, let me text them. So we don't know yeah. who, you know, you know the, the, the person is, we don't know their gender. So, you know, my thinking is maybe it's it's Ironheart and they're starting to see that because I said, we, we do have a Disney plus um, Ironheart TV show coming. So those were the two that I kind of went to really. Um, and I've got one more question for you. Um, okay. And we'll try and keep this one short. Uh, and then said, well, we'll end it. But um, so I don't know if you noticed that in the... Um, in the press leading up to this episode being released, there was a lot of, obviously a lot of interviews being done with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and things like that. And mm. um, they were saying, you know, um, how, or, or the question was put directly to Elizabeth Olsen, you know, do you have like a, a big cameo or a big surprise um, on the same level of Luke Skywalker appearing at the end of the Mandalorian season two? Yeah, and she didn't exactly confirm it, but she said there's plenty of surprises still to come. Mm -hmm. And then Paul Bettany was talking about how um, during you know kind of filming One Division, he got to work with an actor that he's always wanted to work with, um, somebody who he considers a legend, um, somebody who he tremendously respects. Um, and he wouldn't give the name of that actor, uh, but he he was just like he was so excited about having to getting the opportunity to work with this actor. And he was like, he can't wait for people to see, you know, him opposite this actor. And mm. um, so that kind of suggests that the Evan Peters thing is not the big reveal that, that oh, yeah, everybody's no, yeah, waiting yeah. for. Yeah. Um, so who do you think is the big character that um, may be introduced in this show? Um, you know what, just the way how um, Paul Bettany has described it. I mean, it, if he hadn't described it in that way, I would have thought bringing back Tony Stark in one way or another would have been interesting, just because everything seems to be dealing with the history of these characters and trying to weave that into building a future for themselves. Like, you know, like in, in this episode, they've got the, the, the advert for Lagos, Lagos and wipes, where, you know, you can basically, it, it gets... Oh, rid of yeah, yeah, it gets rid of your... Mistake. I think yeah, it said, yeah. yeah, I think it gets rid of your messes or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and like I said, and, and, and in regards to, um, in, in, and, and I think every single advert in one way or another has tied into something to do with them being created or coming to be at some point. So with the toaster, I, I still think that toaster being made by Stark Industries ties into, obviously ties into the, the creation of 
of um of of vision and basically i think maybe ties into like another part of you know the marvel history which i've i mentioned before but well let's see what happens in the next episode but in regards to who this person may be i don't know man it's going to be crazy um <laughs> nathan okay you know okay okay here's one because they because they live in a tv show because they live in a tv sitcom world right and if i'm thinking of the comic book universe that they belong in Wanda has only ever had a few relationships. One has been with Vision, one has been with Hawkeye, and one has, one has been with Simon Williams, aka Wonder Man. So, and Wonder Man was meant to be in the, or Simon Williams' the actor, who wasn't Wonder Man then, was meant to be in Guardians of the Galaxy at some point on a poster. So, and I mean, I mean, Nathan Fillion is, I mean, who doesn't want to work with Nathan Fillion or see Nathan Fillion on screen? You know, he, he's just, he's just as great as it is. So. I, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there and say maybe him maybe he might be a fallout from the creation of this TV world um, that basically gets stuck in our world that there is now. Mm. Cool. What about you? Yeah, who, I like who, who did you think? I like that. Um, I'm just gonna say a name and then I'm not gonna speculate any further because uh, we're out of time partly, but yeah. also because I just want to leave everybody hanging. But I'm just gonna say one name and that's it. Magneto. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it there, listeners, because I can't, as I said, we'll be here all day speculating and I'm being a bad dad. I need to go and look after my boy. So um, yeah. let's draw a line under this one. Uh, we hope you've been enjoying our little WandaVision breakdowns. Um, as I said, we've been doing them uh, episode by episode or or generally we've been doing them kind of as, as a bunch of two. But I think for this week, um, you know, this episode was so good, we kind of had to squeeze it in there somehow. So uh, if you want to hear our other thoughts on the previous episodes make sure you uh, subscribe to this podcast channel wherever you're listening um, and just have a look through our older episodes and you'll see our wonder vision reviews and our thoughts going through there all right that is it that's going to do it for me i am going to wrap this one up so uh rich kid thanks a lot for joining me as always bro good to that's spend some good. time chatting with you um where can people check out the uh, danger room and as- analysis that you've been doing Danger Room Analysis, you can find that on my Instagram at Rich Reviews, um, and we post at least two episodes a week. It just depends on when the artist actually drops them, the actual fights. Um, so yeah, so but if you head over there now, you'll see some of the, um, the, the last two episodes that we've actually recorded. And, um, and then if you like what you see, um, stay tuned, uh, follow a like, um, press the like button, and, um, and forward on to anybody who you know may be interested in seeing uh, superheroes fight against each other in a UFC setting. Wicked. And um, listeners, you'll figure out how to follow us by listening to the end of this podcast. Uh, there'll be a short trailer at the end. You just need to have a listen to that and you'll it will let you know where you can find us on social media. Um, yeah, as said, thanks a lot for joining us. We're out here. Big thank you to uh, Rob Wade from emotionally14.com as well. Um, emotionally14.com is a, a network of podcasts that cover loads of kind of geek topics so if you're into the kind of thing that we do check them out um you'll find loads of star wars stuff uh loads of movie reviews and just general pop culture chit chat and stuff as well so check out emotionally14.com uh, for all of that kind of podcast stuff all right i'm out i'm gonna say goodbye and i'll see you next week rich kid say goodbye goodbye take care of each other and stay safe people We'll see you again soon. Peace. Peace. 
Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 